Okay, this will be episode number 26. Uh, continuing on with the sort of New York theme of the week, we now will be reviewing the, the Jets game. Um, Noel is back and he did our, our review of the, the last Jets game. So we brought Noel back on, see what his insights in him. We'll get a, a, his overview on the Jets the last few weeks. Um, Matthew can't make it this week, so you're you're stuck with me, Nick. Um, but without further ado, we'll we'll get going. So, Noel, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to start off, um, obviously, it's, it's uh, well, I guess two games have passed since the Patriots-Jets played. How have the Jets been since that game? Obviously, the last game probably didn't go great for you guys, but I think at the time you were kind of a bit worried about the game to start with without Darnold being, being playing. I know he came back in the last game, so just how have things been since we last spoke? Um, well, I think things are looking up. Um, obviously, the last game wasn't great. The week after wasn't great either. But um, with Donald coming back, with Bell starting to come to his own, Robbie Anderson getting his chemistry with Donald, it's it's taking a step forward. I finally have a bit of optimism about the team. Um, Adam Gase seems to be opening up the playbook towards Donald. Um, I don't think he really had a plan for Luke Falk for obviously obvious reasons. He was undrafted for a reason. Um, but with Donald coming back, there's at least a bit of optimism. The past two games haven't exactly been positive, but we can put it into the history and then look forward from here. Yeah, I just um, sort of there was obviously the Eagles. Uh, you played the Eagles after the Patriots. Wasn't yeah. great for the Jets with a thirty-one to six loss. Um, looking at the the stats of that game, um, I kind of jumped to Le'Veon Bell there, and he only averaged sort of two point nine yards a carry. With yeah. Darnold being out, have teams really sort of focused on on Bell, trying to take him away, sort of not trusting Falk to be able to do anything through the air. Yeah, that's that's kind of the main thing with with, with Darnold being out. It's a case of the kind of forcing. Falk, they're forced, they were forcing Simeon to make the throws, to make the NFL throws that they just can't make. They're backups for a reason. They're first stringers for a reason. So they're stacking the box. They're putting six men in the box against Bell. And well, you've seen it's got good results from it. Um, with Don coming back, hopefully the boxes are at least they'll open up or they don't and Don takes advantage of them. Yeah, it's obviously looking at Bell's stats from last game, they're they're not great either, just sort of over I think it's three point six yards of carry from the last game, but obviously uh Darnold was moving the ball better as well, so it's it, it's good from the Jets point of view that they don't have to rely on Bell to be able to do anything. Um yeah, yeah. so only one catch for him last week. Was that just the game plan for the last week? Um, sort of being able to spread the ball about elsewhere, like not having to rely on him as much, because it was sort of something that he was always impactful with it in Pittsburgh, sort of being able to catch the the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, see, um, I'm hoping it was just a, um, it was a thing last week that it was only one catch because his screens, his like quick slants, his like even if he splits out wide, it could be so 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 good for us. Because he is fantastic with the catch and after the catch as well. So hopefully that it was just an aberration that he was left at the game plan. Maybe we didn't need him 
to do it because Robbie Anderson was picking up the slack, Jameson Crowder, Donald really have a really good chemistry. So hopefully it was just part of a case of we don't need him to it. So maybe against the Pats, we open up the playbook and get Bell really involved in the, in the uh, passing game. Yeah, it's. Um, I have to say it was a bit of a surprise, even with Darnold back, uh, sort of seeing the Jets beat the Cowboys last week. The Cowboys started oh, yeah. really well, um, and obviously the Jets, well, didn't. <laughs> to, put it, to, put it, to put it bluntly, um, without obviously I only saw little bits and pieces of the game. How how did you think they played? Do you, do you think they were deserved winners of the game? Um, I think. With the way the defence has played, the defence has actually kept us in games most of the year. Um, Donald has made some really impressive throws in that game. Uh, with Bell, he didn't average that many yards, but I think he he made the yards where he could. Our offensive line still isn't there, but Donald made the movements, made the throws where he could. Um, Donald Jeremiah actually had a massively incredible breakdown of his throws. And in the case of his He's so calm in the pocket. His presence is just... It's incredible to watch. He'll have a little fake and just fire it downfield. So hopefully that can be built on in this game. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he certainly offers a lot of hope for the Jets. Um, I know at least they're a lot more competitive when when he plays than when when Fault plays. Um, A little bit. What one guy I wanted to touch on very quickly was Demarius Thomas. Ha, have you seen much of him? Has he been on the field that much? He's obviously in the press today or probably late yesterday in America, sort of saying he was treated unfairly in New England, sort of shipped out. Yeah. See, I, <laughs> I think he's he's still got talent. He's not the Demarius Thomas he was with Peyton Manning or even with Tim Tebow. Um, but I think he is still talented. I believe that he does feel he was disrespected by Patriots, but if that's just like bullet, bulletin board material, or if it is genuine disrespect, I don't know. He's been pretty good, but he's not the game-changing talent that he used to be. So, I think you have to kind of take what he says with a, with a pinch of salt. He's looking for a reason to be annoyed, and this is kind of the reason that he gives himself. Yeah, I guess it's sort of self-motivation in a way, because certainly when the Patriots signed him, it didn't seem like he had an awful lot of options around the league. It was sort of... Yeah. It wasn't like the Patriots went out first day of free agency, or that's the guy we want, sort of hang about, signed him eventually. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It could just be that he's looking for a way to motivate himself. and Which is saying at the same time, he's sort of given the Patriots a bit of bulletin board materials. Never, yes. <laughs> never the move you're exactly wanting. But I guess if that is the the best that is coming out yeah. of of the Jets camp this week, it's it's pretty tame from the sort of Rex Ryan days with kissing the rings <laughs> and and all those times. Rex Ryan was incredible at giving sort of quotes before Patriots games. I love yeah. it for that. It's um. I have to say, he. I find it quite hard to dislike Rex Ryan. He was sort of one of those guys that just obviously said whatever he felt, heart in the sleeve, sort of. How he felt is what you saw. And he certainly made the rivalry more interesting anyway. It was his um, hard knocks quote where he went, like, 
into Jets and they went on a rant about it and I went, let's go get a sandwich. That was just amazing. Yeah, that's that's not exactly surprising given his uh, figure, shall we say. His stature, yeah. Yeah, He's a man of his stature, yeah. Um, Um, A new report that just came through, um, CJ Mosley is going to be playing against Patriots on Monday night. Yeah, That could be a really good addition to Jets. Yeah, I, I saw that he was scheduled to practice today. Um, is it? He hasn't played since week one. Is that is that right? Yeah, but I think I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Williamson's yeah, out here, so Mosley's. Yeah, this will be his first um, week. He was out with a groin injury since week one. Yeah, because it, it seemed when I watched the week one game against the Bills, it was sort of while Mosley was on the pitch field, whatever you want to call it. I'll call it a pitch. I'm, I'm British. Um, the def- the Jets defense seemed to hold their own, and then as soon as he left, that's sort of when the Bills started to to move the ball. Is he really the guy that sort of makes the defense tick, or have they sort of managed to develop that a little bit since he's been out? See, I believe they've been able to develop, but I think CJ Mosley is what David Harris used to be. He's the leader in the middle of defense. He's somebody they can point to, somebody who is able to direct the defence about. Jamal Adams even said that his injury kind of like deflated the defence. And I think the swagger on defence is so underrated. You need to have a defence that is able to swagger, is able to have that bit of air about them. When somebody big goes out, it deflates them and it really, really, really understates their talent. Because on offence, you can do something just to the roots, just to the play. On defence, you have to react, you have to go for it. So you have to have that bit of arrogance about you. So when you get thrown off your game with somebody that big going out, I think that's why they got deflated. But since then, yeah, Jamal Adams has done an incredible job of leading this defence. And then Quinnan Williams making a name for himself in the Cowboys game, Leonard Williams being average... It's it's helped, but I think they can be so much better than what they are right now. Yeah, I, I think I said on the last the last time we spoke, I really like Jamal Adams. He's sort of yeah. the player that you see playing, and you're like, yeah, I would like him on my team. Yeah, also he's his, incredible. Also his birthday today, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tweeted him happy birthday. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, he's one day off having a really good birthday, which is tomorrow, which is mine. But yeah, it's close. It's not bad. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, we won't talk about how old I am though. Um, <laughs> so sort of touching on the the Jets defense there and tying in with the game on Monday night, the Patriots offense hasn't really been moving the ball well at all, and they sort of really stuttered to get anything going. Any. Any offense they have got has been really aided by the Patriots' defense or setting them up in good field position, such like. How do you feel the the Jets' defense is prepared to handle the, whatever the Patriots' offense can throw at them? Uh, Josh Gordon's missed sort of a day of practice or maybe two days of practice, so it's not looking likely that he's going to go. Um, Philip Dorsett missed the last game. He sort of. I, when the injury report comes out, I assume he'll be questionable for the game, potentially playing. So they're really limited on what receivers they've got. Um, I believe, I think the defense will be able to hold up. 
Um, I think especially they'll be so motivated from the last game. I think they'll be really, really up for it. Um, I really think that this will be a lot closer game than people realise. I think people think all oh, the Patriots are undefeated. They'll beat them by fourteen. I think it'll be, I think it'll be lucky to beat them by a field goal. I think it'll be really, really close. I think Dan will keep them in it. I think Bell will keep the ball away from Brady. And even when Brady's on the ball, like, like you said, he's not been, he's not been the Hall of Fame quarterback that you think he should be. And then with Jamal Adams blitzing him, with Quinnen Williams coming up in the middle, with Leonard Williams coming out the outside, there's a good chance that he gets thrown off his game. So hopefully, if we get Josh Gordon out of the game, there's a good chance that we might be in for a shout this game. I would probably put it as like a three point win, if that. Because I think Jets could really, really, really hold it on this game. Yeah, I'm just just jumping on um, whichever your chosen betting site is. I won't name names. No sponsors. <laughs> um, they actually have the match spread at quite a lot higher than, personally, I would put it at. Certainly a lot higher than you've got it there. It's New England by nine and a half. See, I would take Jets the entire way there. Yeah, it's like sort of that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I, I, it's not often they sort of, I look at a line and it's like, oh, that's completely wrong. But I've mm-hmm. got, kind of got that one completely wrong. Um, I'm, I'm dead to put money on that right now because that... <laughs> <laughs> Gamble responsibly. I hope anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, something I just said. It's I can't see the Patriots scoring a lot in this game. They're really limited on targets. The, the only way that might happen is if the Patriots' defense really plays well and sort of goes Darnold into mistakes, setting up a lot of short fields, maybe maybe a defensive yeah. score, maybe a special team score, whatever. Um, that's really the only way I can kind of see the game getting out of hand. I know the last game wasn't overly close, but typically the Patriots-Jets games are pretty close. The, the teams know each other so well. It's, yeah, that's it's often a lot of one-score games when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Flipping to the well, Jets offensive, Patriots defense side of the ball. The Patriots defense has kind of been lights out the entire season so far. Do you worry about Darnold being able to move the ball? Do you think he can sort of build on last week? See, I don't worry about it. Um... I think the Patriots defence has played incredibly well, don't get me wrong, and they have played very well. But if you look at the people that they have faced, it's not the talent that you'd expect. Like, they went against a lot of under 500 teams. Um, they faced Steelers week one, where Ben Roethlisberger just was not himself. Now, other than that, it's been not that top level. I don't think Sam Darnold has been went against this kind of caliber defense, but at the same time, I don't think the Spanish defense has went against the caliber of Sam Darnold yet. I think it's got quite a lucky run. Um, the teams have been a bit weak on offense that they've faced, so I do really think the Jets will be able to move on this defense, and a lot of people will be quite surprised. I think it will make up for a lot of incredible well, Tuesday morning headlines 
saying, oh, wow, is this Patriots defense overrated? When actually, I think it's just that the Jets' offense is underrated. I think people don't realize how well average the Jets' offense is. And the Patriots' defense, while one of the best in the league, it's not faces, um, not faces opposition yet. It's not faced a real challenge. Whereas this week, it most likely will. Going against Donald and Bell and Anderson and Crowder, it's going to have all it can handle. And Herndon, for example. Yeah, yeah. One one matchup I'm really looking forward to seeing is is Gilmore uh, and Robbie Anderson. I know they've sort of played against each other before, sort of. They probably won their fair share of of snaps and, and passes. Uh, how do you see that matchup going? Um, a lot of people, certainly in that write about the Patriots, think Gilmore is the best cornerback in football at the moment. Um, I know a lot of people are are now talking about Jalen Ramsey since he's just got his trade to the to the Rams. There, um, what are your thoughts on, on Gilmore? Have you sort of watched him closely enough to to be able to tell, or is it just sort of when they play the Jets that you kind of see him? Um, I've watched him a bit. I think he is definitely top three, maybe top even top two. Um, he's a fantastic talent. He is he is really really good. His matchup with Robbie Anderson will be really interesting. However, I think the thing with Robbie Anderson is that all he needs is one. All he needs is one move. All he needs is one route, and he can take off for ninety yards. He went ninety two last week. All yeah. it takes one route to make him blow off. So if Stephon Gilmore can do that the entire game, then fair play to him. But if he's travelling, all Robbie needs is one. And that one could be the one that sets Jets up. So hopefully that is the one. <laughs> because he is, he's turned into a really good route runner. He's turned into really, really good. He's rounded out his game. So as long as he can just keep consistent, I really think that the matchup could be one for the ages. Yeah, it's um, interesting you say that they only need one because in the last couple of weeks, the Patriots defense really hasn't given up anything except one play, but each of yeah. those plays has gone for a touchdown. So it's like, you can see it happens there. It's, it's why playing defense is so hard in the NFL because yeah. you can play lights out for whatever. 46 out of 47 snaps and that 47 snap will kill you. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, it's the same in defence in every sport. Like, like a goalkeeper, you can save every single thing until the final shot. Yeah. If you miss that final shot, you're the villain. Defence is so much harder than people realise. Yeah, especially cornerback. Um, when you're sort of as good as Gilmore is, he's not given a lot of help over the top a lot of the time. So if he does make a mistake, yeah, that is... it's. It's going all the way a lot of the time, um, especially yeah. when you're playing somebody like Robbie Anderson who can sort of make something out of nothing, so to speak. Yeah. For, is there anything else in the in the game that you're sort of looking forward to or you think that will have a, a major impact on the final outcome? Um, I think the main thing is, well, it's always the trenches. Um, the Jets O-line versus the Patriots D-line is going to be really interesting. Um, our right tackle, whose name evades me right now, um, Edogba, something like that, he's done really, really well. He stopped Marcus Lawrence from even a single callback hit. 
he done really, really well to shut him down. So there's a good chance that he's a building block. If the rest of the O-line can set their game up, it could be quite interesting. And with um, Michael Bennett being suspended from the Patriots, that could be a really, really, really good advantage for the for the Jets to overcome. And then on the other side, the Jets' D-line really needs to break for the Patriots' O-line in order to put Brady under pressure, make him take those five-step drops, make him take that extra second, make him find that second receiver. If that can happen, Jets will finish out. But if he can drop back two or three steps and hit the first read, we're toast. <laughs> yeah. I think he will only have one or two reads. We don't have any other real receivers <laughs> that are going to be able to play. So, yeah, if you can if you can force him to go into his third and fourth read, I think you've got a pretty good chance of being able to nullify the, the Patriots offense just now. Um, a, a guy you brought up there is Michael Bennett. It's a... Uh, He's obviously a good pass rusher, a good defensive end, has been for a number of years, and he's got a good name around the league. Yeah. When he's played for the Patriots this season, he has sort of got to the quarterback, but last week he played like less than a handful of snaps. So he really didn't play at all. A lot of the a lot of the Patriots pressures, like generally they're only playing two D linemen and which are playing a two a two four five kind of thing. Um, so a lot of the a lot of the pressure is coming from the linebackers. Um, it it seems to be a little bit different than a lot of teams are are used to. Um, sort of like with those linebackers, you've got Van Noy, Hightower, Collins, who are all extremely athletic, can get can rush the quarterback, can cover the pass as well yeah. as most linebackers can, which isn't isn't always great. But um, I, I would say that's more where the Patriots' uh, pressures come from. This year, they aren't really playing a standard three-four or four-three. It's it's a bit of a hybrid thing with with linebackers sort of coming down on the line and, and dropping off last second. So it's it'll be interesting to see how Darnold sort of reads that, how the Jets' offensive line is able to adapt to it and see if they can pick up the correct people to block. Because at, at times in the last few games, it's been like just defenders coming free off the line with nobody blocking them at all, like linemen looking the wrong way and you're free to the quarterback. So it's kinda it's kinda why I was interested in if Bell's been involved in the passing game a lot because typically that's a pretty quick dump off pass and it saves you. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that how that progresses over the course of the game. Hopefully they get Bell more involved in the pass game because if Gase is smart, then he will. Even especially early. If he gets Bell involved early, then hopefully it, it makes Belichick adjust. And then we can hit Crowder, then we can hit Anderson, then we can hit Herndon if he focuses on Bell. So as long as Gase can keep his wits about him, then we might have a shot. But that's a lot of trust. <laughs> While you're speaking about Gase there, I can't remember if we touched on this last time or not, but what are your thoughts on Gase? Has it changed at all? Or is it... Um, see, I, <laughs> I like him. I, I do like him as an offensive mind. I think he is fantastic. However, I, I would rather have him as an OC, not as a head coach. Okay. Um, Greg Williams has done... 
incredible things with our defence. I think that goes very, very understated. I think people should realise how much he's done with our defence. However, of an OC, like, nobody really hears from him because it's Gacy's offence. So it's, he only cares about the offence. If we manage to get in a head coach that actually cares about the entire team, and then a veteran offence coordinator who can actually run the offence, and then the head coach oversees it like he should, that could be so much better. Because Adam Gates only cares about the offence, whereas he should care about the whole team. So my overall thinking of him is that he is talented, he is really, really good, but he's not a good head coach. Yeah, I think it's something that's always hard for head coaches to sort of, when they come in as a sort of offensive coordinator or de- defensive coordinator, whatever, whichever side of the ball they come from, they always seem to want to hold on to that for the first few years while yeah. they sort of get their feet wet, so to speak, and then they can finally let go of things. I wonder if... I wonder if it's better for the team as a whole if they sort of come into a team and they take somebody that they have all the trust in and make them the coordinator so they can focus on the team as a whole. Obviously, Belichick from this, at this point, he's been the team nearly 20 years or whatever. Yeah. He kind of oversees everything. He's probably still more um, focused on defense, certainly in the last few years when there's been a lot of turnover that side of the ball, but he has guys there that he trusts to do those things and he just sort of oversees everything. So it'll be interesting to see how long it would take Gase to sort of let that go and let somebody else handle it while he oversees everything. Well, see, that's the thing. How long is the Jets going to let him learn that? Yeah. Is he going after this year? Is he going to give another three years? Especially with Joe Douglas coming in. Does Joe Douglas want Gase? Or will he go up to um, Christopher and say, look, by the way, I want my, my, I want my own head coach. Because if he has a guy in mind who he thinks could be a lot better, who's he to stop him? there's a good chance that we have a new head coach next season no matter how the year goes it's always what I find strange about coaches being in place when general managers are fired it's like the general manager that was fired was the guy that hired this head coach so yeah it's really strange really strange situation yeah it's so I, I take it from how you're speaking you would keep him despite sort of the start but you see some positives there. You you would keep him on next season? Yeah. Or it's kind of too early to tell. I'd keep him for at least next season. I think I should. you should always give somebody at least two years. Because the first year you're learning the system, you're learning how to coach it. Next season is when his full plan will come into effect. If it's still ineffective, then yeah, you let him go. But at least give him two years. Yeah, it's... Just seems to be such a reactionary league, certainly from ownership. Like they seem to cower at the first sign of danger, and it's make a change. It doesn't matter if that change is actually going to be good or not. It's just change for change's sake. So 
Yeah, maybe it'll be good for the Jets that they they get some consistency if that is how they they choose to go. Fingers crossed. Yeah. For about the rest of the season for the Jets, how how do you see that progressing? Um, can they can they sort of keep knocking up wins? Could they? I mean, the rest of the AFC are kind of stumbling all over themselves a little bit. Um, I think rest of the season. Um, I haven't had a quick look at the schedule, but I think. I think from here on out, we have a shout for each game we're in. I think we can be that kind of team that gives other like, um, opponents a headache. They have to come into the week and actually worry about us rather than going, all right, okay, it's the Jets, let's just go for it. It has to be like, right, okay, we're facing Donald, we're facing Adams, we're facing the Jets. We have to put effort into this. So instead of being a playoff team, we might be one of those bogey teams that stops teams from getting to the playoffs rather than getting into it ourselves. Um, I believe that if we if we hit our, our stride, we could sneak in. But that is very, very, very unlikely at this point. I yeah. think we'll be, we'll be close to 500, but I don't think we'll be pushing playoffs. But I think playoff teams will still have to worry about us in December. So yeah, I'm just going through your schedule here. It's like two absolutely guaranteed wins over the next few few weeks. <laughs> the Dolphins and the Redskins, you've got. Um, so they are they're pretty terrible. One one win between them. I know the Jets only have one win, but they're a hell of a lot better than those two teams. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the Dolphins again. So at least that's what three wins. That's at least three wins. So there you go. It's like fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, you're getting you're getting up there. Um. And the Bengals as well, they're not going they're not going great, so Yeah, Bengals I would say we we should beat so that's four wins. Depends what Giants you get. If you get the Giants that are injured then there's all hell. With Saquon coming back, I can imagine Giants being quite difficult. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the Patriots played the Giants last week, but it was like a shell of the Giants with like oh, one yeah. res- one receiver, so it's um that, that certainly true what you said earlier on when the Patriots haven't really played an offense that's I think you like, said average. It's pretty yeah. much correct. It would have been interesting to see last week if the Giants had everybody healthy how they how they would have played. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, okay, is there anything sort of around the league that has intrigued you? Maybe any potential rumors of trades or anything? Obviously. Uh, Jalen Ramsey went to the the Rams. Marcus Peters went to the Ravens. It's a quarterback carousel. Just everybody change. Uh, quarterback, cornerback, cornerback carousel. Everybody just changing for the sake of things. It seems like the Rams apparently don't like first round picks. They just like keep giving them everybody else. Um. Well, apparently Trent Williams is yeah. is talking to the Browns. That Saw the report in- yesterday. Yeah, I'd be. He won't be help int- Baker Mayfield throw the ball accurately. I'm. I. I really don't want Baker Mayfield to be good. Like his ego is just so See, big. I want I, him to come back into the ground. I don't mind him, and he's got a receiving core that he should be cocky with. It just doesn't seem to have clicked. I. I don't think Freddie Kitchens is a is a head coach. No, I, he's not. I think he's kind of what you say about Gates. I think he's an offensive coordinator. Yeah, but the thing is, Baker Mayfield wanted him, 
So the ownership went, okay, let's get him. And that's the problem. They made, they got the quarterback to make the, make the decision rather than the people who are actually in the league who know what to do. They got the guy who's been in the league for under 365 days <laughs> to pick the match. That's the problem. Yeah, I think he just had such an impact when he, when he came in yeah. last year and- that they were kind of thrown by that. Obviously, they they got Beckham, and it was uh, oh yeah, we're we're going now. The defense is good. The defense is still pretty good. Yeah, um, defense is not bad. That's when you know. I just wonder if they get the offense clicking or when. If it'll be I too late it, for them. I think it would take a new coach. I don't believe in Freddie Kitchen's system. I think the system was just it wasn't Hugh Jackson. That was it. That's Hugh the best Jack- system. Awful, exactly. It's not it, could, it couldn't be any worse, so it's, at least it's an improvement. That's the thing. I think that they were basing it off of the worst, the worst. That's it. At least they've got a Scottish punter, so you know they've got that going for them. Yeah, Jimmy Gillen, 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 I think. Gillen. Yeah, actually, I, I actually haven't seen him, but he won like AFC mm. Special Teams Player of the Month, so he must be doing all right. Well, that's the thing. I've, I've seen like the highlights of it. He punts really well. Like he's a he's a good player. So he's uh, the best offensive player, is what you're saying? Is a punter offensive? Yeah, it comes on an offensive snap. So okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's the they, best. They could be a weapon. <laughs> Have you seen Johnny Hecker? He's like the Rams' best quarterback just now. Uh, I don't even yeah, know if Johnny Hecker's still the punter for the Rams. I'm assuming he is. I'm assuming he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Got, he is. He's got one of the best like quarterback games in the league. Him that happens and... when you only have to throw the ball like six yards to wide open people. It's, it's him and the Golden Tate or Marvin Jones, the guy who whenever he throws it manages to throw a touchdown. Hey, if you can do it, just do it. Yeah, Next question: Why he's not throwing it all the time? Because <laughs> it's uh... back. I think it's Golden Tate. Can't remember. Can't remember. I'm not, not sure. I'm trying to bring up a quick Google here, but it's not. Uh, it's not coming it? up with anything. Maybe I would probably need to go into like each of their individual <laughs> stats and, <laughs> and see what it is. Actually, maybe Marvin, because I think Marvin Jones has a decent arm on him. Um. Oh, I have. I have no idea. <laughs> I can cannot pick. Okay, oh, so no. I think the NFL trade deadline is approaching. Um, it's in a week or so, I believe. Tuesday the 29th, so I guess we've got another week and a half. What? Usually every team's pretty active. Maybe not all of them actually get something done, but where do you see the Jets trying to strengthen over the next week or so? Um, if anything, I, or, or will they be, or they be selling? I think I think they'll be buying defensive backfield or the offensive line. If we were to sell, I think, I think uh, Leonard Williams may be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. That, I see reports of that early in the week. So I'm asking about him. The thing is, I don't know what price we'd ask for them. In my opinion, I'd be annoyed with anything less than a second. Second or first should should be the main objective. 
Yeah, because well, he's. This is actually his. Le- well, let's just going on Leonard Williams. This is his last con- year in his contract. So, yeah. If, if they if they see they're not going anywhere, maybe do they just try and get something for him? Maybe a younger player, maybe. Would see that it's either that or we let him go and get a compensatory pick. That's the thing. Yeah. So that's why I think a second because if we let him go for a third now, fine. But if anything less than that, then we're just giving up a compensatory pick, which is stupid. So Teams need those compensatory picks. <laughs> the fact that they're, tra- they're tradable now makes they it are tradable so now. Yeah, makes it so much more valuable. So uh, I, I, I shouldn't complain because Bill Belichick's probably the guy that cares most about compensatory picks at all. But yeah, it drives but... me insane when teams don't sign players like. Oh, we don't want to sign him because then it's like it's obvious they're doing it because they're not going to get some fifth round compensatory pick. Is like, is that really, really going to do this? But all depends on your makeup of the league, I guess. Yeah. So, oh well, we'll be interesting to see what happens over the next week and a half. Obviously, been pretty active so far. Um, yeah. Certainly, if you're the Rams, they're just like changing their entire team. I think McVeigh's kind of losing it a little bit. Does it? Well, it's the fact mm. they've got the, the last, what, three first-round picks of the Jags. They've got Bottles, they've got Dante Jr., and they've now got Jalen Ramsey. They've now got three Jaguars first-round picks on their team. Well, they need somebody else's because they don't have any of their own because they just, like, <laughs> trade them away for other people, so... I love it so much. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. But um, I think that kind of brings us to a close. Um, before we go, I'll need, to, I'll need a prediction from you. Even though predicting is a mugs game, as we're all aware. Um, I'm gonna go first eight, thirty-two Jets. That is a much higher scoring game than I have. Much. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go for it. Thirty-eight, thirty-two. Thirty-eight, thirty-two. So not only taking the points for the Jets, also taking the right win. Yep. I think. I think I'm right. I think you're the first person to pick your own team on this podcast so far. <laughs> so th- there you go. Th- there, there's that. Um, <laughs> I- I'm kind of struggling with the game because I really don't. It is probably the biggest challenge the Patriots defense has faced so far this season. So I'm interested to see how they go with that. Just they yeah. have been so good. I can't see there being that many points scored. And like I said, the Patriots' offense hasn't been good either, so I can't see many points being scored that end of the ball. So I am thinking, I think it'll be quite close like yourself, but I'm going to go for... Let's go... Let's go bizarre like number. Let's go 18-13. 18-13 Patriots. I think there'll be a late field goal to just like squeak it, squeak it away. Okay, okay, yeah. So there we go. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. <laughs> we'll I don't see. think my nerves can take the game that you, you outlaid, 38-32. Not, not really a big fan of those ones, unless they're the other way around. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think because they're usually pretty close as well, I really can't yeah. see either team scoring that much. But I might be surprised. I might be sitting there on Monday night, Tuesday morning, glued to my telly because there's the touchdown every, like, two and a half plays could be interesting yeah but um, yeah before we go um, 
if you just want to let everyone know where they can get in touch, um, where they can maybe tie in with the Sabres. I know you had a rookie rookie day the other the other weekend there. So um, yeah, um, if you want to get in touch with Sabres, it's just at Midlovian Sabre on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you want to get in touch with me, it's at no underscore the spark underscore D on Twitter. Um, obviously, I'm a Jets fan. Please don't send too much abuse my way. Um, I'm as it as it is. Um, and just, yeah, I'm up for any conversation, any debate that you want to have. So, all the best. And, and when the uh, when the Jets win 38-32, don't tell him he was right. Just, just ignore <laughs> it. Uh, okay, that'll be us for this week, guys. We'll be back next week to discuss the obviously 18-13 win for the Patriots. Um, yeah, uh, no, we'll maybe tie in. We'll maybe get you on again, and we'll, we'll, I'll tie in with Matthew when he's when he's available again. We'll, we'll we'll sort something out. But thanks again for coming on. No worries, thanks for having me. Yeah, so thanks guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. See you.